0: Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Torn ACL Recovery Podcast. My name is Chris Arnold, and this is a short series podcast that follows my personal journey from ACL injury back to full strength. In it, I discuss the ups, downs, and everything in between in the days, weeks, and months after surgery. Hopefully, this will help you in your own process to getting well after injury. Thanks for listening. Week two, back at it, looking back on the second week of ACO Reconstructive Surgery. It has been uh, another busy week full of a lot of new experiences, Um, some painful experiences. um, It's kind of progressing through physical therapy, um, among all of the other details that come along with the recovery process. On this episode, I want to go over the general second week in review. Um, I want to talk about some of the smaller victories I feel like I've been having, um, and I've kind of noted in my blog post, it kind of feels like a little bit more freedom is coming back. Um, still have been having quite a bit of tibia pain. Um, that is, is a journey in itself. Just kind of progressing through, um, what, what that's been feeling like and looking like over the last week, um, ibuprofen has been a small silver lining of the last week. I'll talk about that. And then I just want to kind of wrap up with my my updated PT regimen right now and kind of what quote-unquote walking looks like for me in the second week. So this is, uh, I'm recording these episodes about a day or two after the the, the previous week passes. So I'm technically in my third week, uh, just one day into my third week. Uh, but the second week was very much like how the first week ended it was very much um, painful to stand up. My shin remained throbbing quite a bit. Um, so if I think back and I look back at when my uh, tibia bruise really set in, it was the, the Tuesday after my surgery. My surgery was on a Thursday. So we're talking about roughly five days later, this tibia pain really struck hard. And it, it has, uh, to some level, at some degree, um, stuck around for the duration. Um, it still persists now it's been, um, about a week and a half after that started, but by and large, the first week was, um, the first week of that pain, I should say was very excruciating. It was uh, very much uh, unexpected. I, and I mentioned this on my, uh, the first week, um, First week podcast, but it was one of those things where it really caught me off guard, and um, I, I had to search the internet to really understand why it was happening. And just to quickly re- reiterate why it's happening or why it was happening, um, and and I don't believe it has a name, but when the 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 tibial tunnel is drilled from uh, from the outside in all the way through your your bone, um, there's that outside sheath on your on your bone that is. Um, like anything, it's going to bleed. Bones bleed, and um, some people—I'm one of them—tend uh, to bleed more than others. And, and ultimately, what happened is when I took the giant wrap off for the first time and started doing my own ace bandaging and started to move it around a little bit, that blood uh, really settled on um, on my on my shin on our tibia, um, which is really what it is. And so that thin layer of skin, uh, that that thin layer of space between our skin and the bone on the shin um, really just filled up with swelling and blood and throbbing. And that started the Tuesday after. So from Tuesday to Tuesday, which overlapped week one and week two, um, I would sit down. I'd be icing. I'd be doing some PT exercises. And that would still be a a pain level of, you know, one or two. But any time I would stand up to go to the bathroom or to just try to move around a little bit, it would be pain level 10, pain level nine. And the the, the biggest game changer for me in this, um, in this week has been f- kind of fighting my way through that pain in this second week and um, getting the go-ahead from my surgeon to start taking ibuprofen. Now, I've seen conflicting conversation, uh, results, um, expectation, whatever you want to call it, on the internet about how some surgeons... Um, tell you to start taking ibuprofen right away some say that you need to wait you know about 10 days after surgery especially if you're already taking like a Tylenol acetaminophen Um, taking acetaminophen with ibuprofen has uh, a great risk of bleeding and and I know that that's why my surgeon chose to say no ibuprofen until 10 days so it wasn't until right around, um, 10, 11 days when I was, I was on the line with my surgeon and I was finally given the go ahead to get on max dose ibuprofen to not only help with some pain, but more, more than that to help with the swelling that was causing the pain in my shin. And once I was on that, I, I felt an immediate, an immediate difference. And so if, if by chance you're kind of running the same race and you are getting close to that 10 day mark and you're not allowed to have ibuprofen and you have swelling, hang in there. It, it it's It's a bummer. It's brutal. But I can say that once I started taking ibuprofen, that standing pain level, which was nine or 10, has now been reduced to about a six, six or a seven, depending on how much you know PT I'm doing, or how how just sore I am in general. So um, it cut it, and in, in, in my opinion, you know I've been living at a nine or a ten for so long now. It cut it way back. There's still pain, there's still soreness when I'm up walking around. It's still swollen, but it's a lot less swollen, and that's made a huge difference in being able to um, progress through some new PT exercises. It's made a huge difference in being able to walk around. I feel like I can actually stand up for more than three minutes without, you know, wanting to pass out from from pain or just <laughs> literal literally having body body sweats because I'm fighting the pain so much to just keep standing. Um, at the end of uh, of week two here, I'm I'm able to stand up. I'm able to use my crutches to get around, and I'm and I'm not rushing. I'm not finding myself rushing to get back to laying down as fast as possible which is absolutely that was absolutely the case for me in the first 10 days or so of this experience i am also still applying um arnica gel i mentioned this in the blog post Um, my pt recommended this for the bruising as well as some slight pain relief i for me you know i apply it two to four times a day it's not something where i'm noticing much pain relief from it but i i do notice that the it's helping the bruising kind of move on and, and and lessen over the course of a few days. So take that for what it's worth, maybe give that a shot. Earlier in the week, I was also extremely hot on my shin and it, it, it literally felt like a sunburn that as this healing process was, was underway, as the swelling and the blood was moving around, um, I felt, I felt like for whatever reason, I need to throw some aloe gel on here. And, and I did that for a few days early in the week when it was still really painful and it did help. It was, it was some temporary, temporary relief, you know, the, the icing obviously is very helpful, but the aloe just provided an alternate, um, you know, solution or option for me and. And, and and what I've been finding is having a couple different things that you can do is better than doing the same thing over and over and over because you find yourself just doing the same thing over and over and over and and mentally it's tough because it feels like maybe nothing's changing because everything does progress so, so slowly. So um, Arnica gel and aloe aloe gel, you know, if you're having similar issues, I would recommend giving that a shot. Um one other thing as far as the shin bruising is going and kind of just the general swelling of the uh, surgical sites, um, I, I switched away, by and large this week, I've switched away from the the cryo wrap, um, which is the automated machine that I discussed in the first week, first week and a half. Um, and the reason why is because that that is incredible for knocking down the heat of the surgical site, the heat of the the shin and the, the knee joint itself, especially in that first week when so much is going on with your body and your body's sort of, you know, coming back from the trauma, the immediate trauma and, and trying to sort of sort itself out, figure itself out. I've transitioned over to the flexi cold gel packs, which are kind of just heavier. Uh, I don't know, I would call them sort of industrial sized ice packs the uh, i put a link in my blog post um you can check them out and um you know my dad used it for a, for a hip surgery i bought a couple smaller ones for my knee those are great cuz they're just immediate cold kind of deep cold um right right to the uh right to the knee right to the shin and it's full coverage whereas the 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 cryocuff depending on what attachment you have is going to be less of full coverage and it's also a different kind of cold and I don't know really how to describe it but it's it's a little bit more like if you were um if you were wrapping your leg with with an ice or an ice pack you know you kind of feel that just that cold permeating sort of to the bone level and with the cryo cuff I felt like that cold was more surface level almost like instant frostbite surface level cold which again has been great for the first week week and a half but now as I transition to more PT, more exercises. I find my knee is a lot more sore. It's less of swollen everywhere. I mean, it's still swollen, but it's, it's, it's more sore and achy quite a bit. And I find that the Flex, FlexiCold gel packs um, have been really helpful for that. Still the full knee wrap that I've been using has been great as well. And then I also purchased a couple of cheap um, cryo cups, which are the the ice cups that you can actually freeze overnight pop it out and then give yourself essentially uh an ice massage with a giant ice cube, basically. And that has been another way to again kind of vary, uh add variability to what I'm doing, how I'm doing it, when I'm doing it. Um so depending on how my knee is feeling, depending on how achy it is, uh, you know, there's a couple different options now that I have to to keep the knee um, iced down and to reduce that swelling and some of the the stiffness. So Kind of to wrap things up today, uh, as far as the second week update, the, uh, the PT regimen in the first week was very much on the hour. Every hour, my alarm was going off. It was quad sets, quad sets, quad sets, leg lifts, just trying to get something back, some kind of control back on the quad and on the leg, which was really difficult. Uh, week two, now I've transitioned into um, a little bit more of a... Uh, as of yesterday, actually, so the end of week two transitioned into more of a three times a day, I have alarm going off kind of morning, early afternoon, and early evening. And I spend about 20-25 minutes going through my PT exercises, which includes a little bit more advanced um, quad sets, you know, having a towel underneath the the knee and and kind of using more quad strength to bring the lower leg up uh, to flex that quad muscle. Still doing the basic quad sets. Still doing some of the um, hip complexes as well, and then transitioned to the wall for wall slides for the quad for the um, for the flexion. And the flexion for me has been the most difficult part of this PT process so far. Definitely far far and away the most painful process. Which again I didn't expect. You know, I I saw all these people walking um, and bending their leg, um, like it was no big deal on these YouTube videos and on these blog posts. Um, and again, that's not me. I think everyone's different, but, um, really loosening up my quad. So it starts to flex again has been the biggest challenge in a, in a from speaking from an athlete's perspective, it's not a pain or a barrier I've ever had to, address or overcome in any activity before, and and even cycling, this is not a quad pain that comes from cycling. It's something completely different. It's like the quad is, is, is tightened up like a fist and you're really fighting for every additional degree of flex. And so that's really been my focus the last couple days. And I know that's going to be my, my focus for the next few weeks to get that range of motion back to be able to get on a bike to be able to do slow revolutions and start to again just increase the range of motion start to get movement back and and kind of the the um it feels rickety right now uh the knee feels sore and and old and achy and and i and i'm excited to get to that point where the range of motion has returned and i'm able to to be a little bit more mobile So to wrap things up today, it's been really encouraging to be able to get up and walk around a little bit and walk around a little bit simply means that I'm able to crutch around, put a little bit of weight on my leg and, uh, and just be able to stand up because the pain isn't as bad in my shin any longer. Um, that's, it's the small victories. I'm starting to learn everything moves slower than at least I want it to to move, but uh, You know my pt reminded me if i can kind of keep track of the positive things and and rather than dwell on how slow i think it's going or or you know how i feel like i should have more strength by now um, it really does make a difference so um, that would be my kind of my piece of advice to you too as you're kind of rolling through the first couple weeks um, really tough weeks there's no way to sugarcoat that but um, you know just kind of keep that in mind as you're moving into your first Uh, first full month and and beyond so uh, that's all for today thanks for listening to the week two recap